Welcome to the New Freedom Church Podcast. This podcast will help you grow deeper in your faith through weekly 30-minute talks. If you haven't already done so, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you get each new episode as it's released. Now sit back and relax as God speaks to you through this message. Hey everyone, today we'll be finishing up our series on the Beatitudes with a timely message about peacemakers. And then next week, we'll finish up our study on the Gospel of Matthew with a message titled, What Time Is It? You see, in Matthew 24, Jesus himself addresses what the world conditions will look like before his return. So we'll look at that passage and some others to gain understanding about the urgent times we live in right now and what we as believers can do. You won't want to miss worship next week. Over the past two years, we have been so blessed to have a volunteer ministry intern serving right here at our local church. He has enthusiastically jumped in to help in whatever area that was needed, from lots of manual labor and work projects to the tweens and Catalyst youth. He does a great job leading prayer each week and most recently, teaching and preaching in our services. I am grateful for his continued dedication to New Freedom Church. So join me in welcoming one of our very own to the stage today, Scott Ross. Come and share what God has placed on your heart. Now, um, a lot of you have been tuning in for our uh, series on the Beatitudes we've been covering over the past couple of months. Now we're down to the last one, um, but I want to give you a quick recap on what the Beatitudes are. If someone were to ask you, what is the greatest sermon ever preached, what would come to mind? For me, I would immediately go to the Gospel of Matthew, and I would look to the, to, um, the Sermon on the Mount. In the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus immediately starts the sermon out um, with some very explosive um, blessings. Uh, they're values that are directly connected to God's blessing. Um, now, blessed, to be blessed is to be fortunate, to be happy, to be godlike. And the blessing that we're going to look at today is Matthew 5, 9, which says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Now, what is a peacemaker? It's someone who makes peace. Pretty simple, right? Now, making peace, where when someone makes peace, they're, they're, they're creating tranquility or restoring harmony to a relationship. So in order for there to be a situation where it's necessary to make peace, that means there must have been a conflict at some time. That must be, mean there must be some division that has created a situation where, um, where harmony needs to be restored. Um, raise your hand if you've ever had a conflict. Maybe it's with a spouse. Maybe it's with uh, a friend, a family member, a coworker. I think everybody's had a conflict at one time or another with somebody. And a lot of times that conflict is so severe that it creates a separation uh, between you and another person or a group of people and another group of people. And when that happens, right, um, we, peace needs to be made in order for there to be reconciliation, in order for that harmony to be restored. And peacemaking is something that um, we're all called to do. Uh, we're all capable of doing it. But let me tell you right now that when you have God on your side, uh, making peace is, is possible in, in just about any situation. When, um, when I was a kid, um, I spent part of my childhood in the state of Arkansas. We lived there for a couple of years. Now, if you've ever been down south, it's very hot. It's very humid. Um, now, I had a best friend. I had a few best friends um, when I was around the age of five and six. And Bryson uh, lived down the street from me. Now, Bryson and I, we played every day. And around um, 
there was one summer where I had just gotten uh, some super soakers. These, like, I mean, I was hooked on them as soon as I saw the commercial for it. Uh, these water guns, these super soakers. I had a red one and a green one. So Bryson and I were playing in the front yard. It's, you know, probably 100 degrees, give or take. And my water gun runs out of water first. So he keeps, he, keep, he keeps spraying me, he keeps shooting me, and I did not like that. I was not happy that my water gun ran out of water, and he, could, and he still had water in his gun. So we get into an argument, we get into a disagreement, and I'm like, Bryson, we're not friends anymore. That's what I tell him. So Bryson like runs home, he's upset, I'm upset, I run inside the house, and my mom saw that was, there was something like going on, you know, I was, she, she, she could tell I was like upset, and she asked me about it, and I just said, Bryson and me aren't friends anymore, you know, and like, and that's my best friend, right? So she obviously knew something was wrong and, and, and she asked me to tell her what was going on, you know, explain that we had a disagreement, this, this, and that. Long story short, um, I end up going down to Bryson's house. It was three, three, four houses down. And, you know, I apologize, you know, um, I make peace, you know, and, and that relationship was reconciled. That's just a very simple example of peacemaking, right? Um, so... Peacemaking equals reconciliation. Now, peacemaking is God's family business. And that's one of the most important things um, that I want you to remember today is that peacemaking is God's family business. So ask yourself, are you actively striving to make peace with others? So to be a peacemaker is to be a true child of God. If we look at Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. Um, so we need, to, we, need, we, we need to start with, well, what is a peacemaker? Well, a peacemaker, um, on the surface, they might be a peacemaker, but deep down, they are a child of God. And how do we become uh, children of God? We become children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. The first text I wanna look at is Galatians 3, verses 26 through 28. And it says, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. So verse 26 spells it out for us, right? Like, like how do you become a child of God? Through faith in Christ Jesus. So when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, we get adopted into God's heavenly family. Now, can, can I get an amen on how wonderful it is to know that we can get adopted into God's heavenly family? Um, I mean, so, you know, for that, I mean, that's a privilege. We all have an earthly family, but on, the, on, on that other hand, regardless of your race, regardless of your political party, regardless of your favorite sports team, if one person's a Bengals fan and another person's a Steelers fan, we can all be part of the same family in heaven. And that's something that, that, is, that we should rejoice about. But we go from being slaves of sin to children of God. So when, when, you, when you place your, your faith in Jesus Christ, you start to follow him, your identity becomes a child of God. You may, you may identify as some other things, you know, as, in, in the world relating to, to business and family, but at the end of the day, you are a child of God. And the way that I view this, this beatitude, right, it's not that we're blessed because we're peacemakers. We're blessed because we are children of God. We're a child of God. We're a son of God, a daughter of God. That is why we're blessed. And as a result of who we are in God's family, 
as a result of the inward transformation that takes place when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, peacemaking is the outward result, outward effect of that. That's what we see on the outside. So somebody that's making peace, um, true peace, right, to where it's very noticeable, we're going to be like, man, I wonder what, what's up with that person. And we, and we look to the root of it, they're a child of God. Now there's a scripture in Hebrews that instructs us to do something which I would say is very uh, controversial. Um, But we're called to make peace with friends, family, and everyone else. In Hebrews 12, 14, it says, pursue peace with, keyword here, all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Pursue peace with all people. I don't know about you, but I really don't, like deep down, I don't want to pursue peace with all people. There's some people I really just don't get along with. There's some people I really, I just don't like. Human nature is going to, to cause us to like, when we're really not seeing eye to eye with someone, I don't want to make peace with that person, if I'm being honest, you know, in, in a situation like that. So that's a very natural reaction um, to, to, to hearing that we're supposed to pursue peace with all people. But if God's word says it, then that means it must be something that we strive to do, right? It's for, it's for our good and it's for his glory. So avoiding conflict and disagreements is not equal to pursuing peace. And that's something that I, it was kind of a rude awakening. I realized that, wow, like a lot of times there's situations where maybe I can pursue peace or strive to be a peacemaker, but instead I just avoid it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to put myself in that situation. And that's not being a peacemaker. And we often find ourselves where it's just easier to avoid the conflict and the disagreement just to, you know, just to not have to to make ourselves uncomfortable. Which leads to the next point is that people pleasers aren't peacemakers. I've been a people pleaser most of my life. I still am. It's, it's kind of a hard thing to break. I think a lot of us can, um, can, can you know, can resonate with that. And, and you know, because I, I like to keep the peace, but when I'm people pleasing, I'm really not keeping the peace if I'm not speaking up about something, right? If I'm not being transparent, if I'm not being honest. So to, if we're going to be peacemakers, then we have to, we, we really have to forget about this whole mindset that, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to avoid the conflict. I'm not going to bring up how I'm really feeling, you know, just because that will keep the peace. That's not real peace that that's keeping. Okay. That's actually going to kind of funnel into a, a bigger problem. That's going to actually create more disconnect with that person or that group of people. And if you look on the news, right, if you look on social media, if you look on the news, all we see is conflict, division, it's left and right, whether it's political, it's about specific social issues. There is so much conflict and so much division, and it kind of gets, it it clouds our judgment, and it makes us think that making peace is not possible. But I'm here to tell you that there are so many instances where we can make peace. We just have to, we have to stop focusing on all the, all the division. We have to stop, stop focusing on our differences because our nation needs peacemakers now more than ever. Now, we've already established that peacemaking is God's family business. And members of a family, they operate in a certain way. And if you work for a business, there's certain protocols, there's certain procedures, right? There's, there's a certain way that they do things. Children imitate their parents. You know, when kids are growing up, when they're very young, you know, they're going to mimic what the parents are doing. We imitate our father in heaven, who the Bible says 
is the God of peace. We're ambassadors for Christ, okay? We, we have this great opportunity to allow God to work through us to put his love and his peace on display for the world. But we have to be willing to do that. We have to be open to that. But it all starts with really stepping into who you are in God's family, a child of God. Now, this point is, some of you aren't going to like this. And it's that peacemaking requires hard work and sacrifice. Because making peace means restoring harmony to a situation where there was conflict, that means you're going to have to dig into the conflict, right? You're going to have to address the conflict. You're going to have to address the issue. And that's not fun. That's not always fun. And it's oftentimes uncomfortable. Um, Has anyone heard of Nelson Mandela? I'm sure everyone in here has at least heard that name. Now, Nelson Mandela is one of the greatest examples of, I would say, a modern-day peacemaker, okay? Um, He lived in South Africa. He was a South African. And there was um, this policy that the government had put into place called um, apartheid. And apartheid was a policy that sanctioned racial, racial segregation as well as political and economic discrimination against non-whites. Now, Nelson Mandela, he dedicated essentially his entire life to putting an end um, to that policy, to putting an end to the division, to the racial segregation. And during the middle of his life, he actually spent 27 years in prison for that cause. Now, it paid off. The end result was that that ended up being um, abolished or, or, or you know, removed, but it was really through his effort. He was really like the, the leader of, of, of putting an end to that racial segregation, and it transformed that country, and he actually goes on to be the first African-American president of South Africa, and along with that, wins the Nobel Peace Prize in 1993. And that, I, that's just a, a, a monumental example of a peacemaker, but he, he had to pay a price in order to get to that point, right? And he was willing to die for that cause. Now, odds are most of us aren't going to be uh, peacemaking on that large of a scale. Um, I, I mean, it would be phenomenal if, if someone does make peace on that large of a scale, but that's such a great example of, of, of someone who, who was, you know, realized that, hey, like this isn't going to feel good. I'm not going to like it at times, but the end result is worth whatever it takes to get there, whatever it takes to make that peace. If we look in the Bible, we see another peacemaker. We see the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, um, originally, we read about Saul in the book of Acts. Now, Saul was someone who was persecuting Christians. He was killing Christians. So when we read about Saul, the first thing that he's doing is the opposite of making peace. Saul is disrupting peace. Saul is creating strife. He's creating division. And he's wreaking havoc on uh, Christians of that time. Now he encounters Jesus on the road to Damascus and through that Saul becomes Paul and Paul becomes a great peacemaker. And he gives us a lot of wisdom and a lot of insight into peacemaking because that became his lifelong mission once he was converted. Once he became um, a disciple of Jesus Christ, he became a peacemaker. And Paul writes in his letter to the Romans, 
in Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. What's this tell us? It tells us that making peace isn't always possible. That's something else I want to stress because when we go back to, to Hebrews 12, 14, and it tells us to pursue peace with all people, you're like, man, that's kind of overwhelming. That, that means I, I'm going to have to do a lot of peacemaking. And you might immediately think that, well, I don't really think that's possible in this, in this situation. And that's true. And, and Paul tells us if it is possible. And there are some people who won't allow you to make peace with them. That is the reality. Paul encountered that as he was trying to, to preach the good news about Jesus. And we'll encounter that too. There's times when there, there may be division um, between you and someone else. You want to make peace, but if that person is hard-headed, if they're not willing to make peace, you can only do so much. But that said, we still have to make the effort to try to make peace, to be a peacemaker. And if the end result isn't what we want, then so be it. We at least put our best foot forward and did what God wants us to do and try to reconcile with that person. There's another scenario that some of you might be able to relate with. Maybe, maybe there... You know, maybe your relationships um, stand, you know, in a good in a good state right now. Maybe maybe there's there's no one that comes to mind here on earth that you can make peace with. But what about someone who's deceased? What about someone who's passed and you want to make peace with them right now, but they're not here on earth? That's a real situation. And the truth is that could be a situation where you just might not be able to make peace with that person. Okay, and that and that's that's. That's the reality of that situation. It's a tough pill to swallow. But we have to understand that not everything's going to work out exactly the way we want it to. But even through that, what do you do when you're unable to make peace with someone? What happens if that's the situation where the person you want to make peace with has, has died and, 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 and they're not here anymore for you to make peace with them? Well, you receive God's supernatural peace. In John 14, 27, in John chapter 14, Jesus is, is, is with the disciples. He's approaching the, 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 the point where he's, he's going to be um, going to the cross soon. It's, it, it's nearing the end of John's gospel. And in John 14, 27, Jesus tells the disciples, and this, and this is for us too, uh, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Um, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus didn't just come to bring eternal life. Um, he, he came to bring us peace too, and he left that peace here on earth for us, and that peace is available for all of us today. And in that situation where you can't make peace with someone, and maybe that person is here on earth, and they're just being hard-headed, and you're like, man, I, I, this is frustrating. I want to make peace with that person, but they're not willing to, to, to be reconciled. Well, guess what? That's when you say, Jesus, I need your peace. I want to receive your peace. I need peace about this situation. Because the peace that we have in Jesus Christ, it's not dictated by our circumstances. So when, when there's that situation that you're unable to make peace, we can rest assured that we have peace in Christ. 
Now we're going to jump back to Romans 12, 18, the, the, just the second part of the verse, as much as depends on you. Okay, that, what we need to recognize there is a lot of situations are going to depend on us to be the one that strives to make peace. Okay, we can't be the person that creates conflict or accepts division. If we accept division, if we accept the conflict, that's the equivalent of doing nothing. That's not peacemaking. That's just settling for the division. Now the greatest example of a peacemaker is in the New Testament. The greatest example of a peacemaker is the son of God. The son of God is the ultimate peacemaker. We see in in Jesus Christ, we see the perfect example of what it means to make peace. We see so much, so much good that he does. And we also see in the Old Testament that Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Last but not least, Prince of Peace. What a name. What a name for our Savior. And we see that a lot, and it's, and, and it's, it's incredible that when that was written, by Isaiah the prophet, inspired by God, that was hundreds of years before Jesus even walked the face of the earth. But before we can start making peace with others, we have to make peace with God. We can't truly make peace in the world. We can't truly make peace in, in, in our relationships that, um, you know, that, you know, that we're struggling with. We can't, we can't make peace in the way that we want to until we have peace with God. And we have peace through Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1, it says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I love that verse. I love a lot of what Paul writes in Romans, but that, that verse really, it really spells out what what Jesus has done for us. It goes back to God's plan of redemption. He sent his son to pay the price for our sins. We needed a savior. Without him, we would not be able to have peace. The only reason that we're able to have peace with God, the only reason that we've been able to be reconciled with God, with our father in heaven is because of Jesus, because he was willing to be uncomfortable. He was willing to die for our sins. He was willing to go to the cross and bleed for us. And it was by his blood that we have been saved. That's where, without his blood, without him shedding blood, we wouldn't have peace with God. And that's the greatest peace of all, is to have peace with God. Because everybody on this earth has a sin problem. And, and, and through Jesus, that is the only way that we're able to, to, to work through and, and, and remove that sin problem so that we can be reconciled to God.
But better yet, Jesus shows us what peacemaking is all about. Ephesians 2, 14 through 17, it says, For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. Verse 14, for he himself is our peace. Jesus is our peace. That's a blessing. That's a blessing that he is our peace. He's our peace in any situation that we need him to be our peace in. And we see that who has made both one, a lot of what Paul writes about here, he's, he's talking about the Jews and the Gentiles and the Gentiles are anyone who's not a Jew, non-Jewish people. And there was tons, that, th- those were like the two opposing sides of like everything in those days. And what Jesus did is he, he bridged this gap, okay, between the Jews and the Gentiles. He bridged that gap, a gap that no one really thought was possible to bridge to where everyone can be under the same roof. Everyone can be um, in, the, you know, in the father's house through Jesus because he broke down the middle wall of separation. The wall of separation was our sin problem. And when you say yes to Jesus, what happens is we're covered, you're covered by his righteousness. You're covered by his blood. So on the day of judgment, when you stand before God, Jesus is right there with you saying, I know him, I know him and I've saved him. And his goal was to make peace, to reconcile us to God. That's why he was here. And and it says, having abolished his flesh in his flesh, the enmity. getting nailed to the cross, shedding the blood, that was the price of, that was the cost in order to, in order to save us, in order, in order to make peace. It was painful. It was excruciating. It was an unimaginable death, an unimaginable pain. But through it, we all, have, we all can have peace today. Now, the thing about Jesus is he was always about his father's business. It, it said there was a, there's a story in Luke's gospel where Jesus is, uh, they don't talk a whole lot about his childhood, but he's, he's like a young boy. He wanders off and he goes, um, he's in Jerusalem, he goes to the, to the temple and he's like, he, he, he's out teaching the, the scribes and they're just amazed. And when his parents finally find him, they, they start talking to him and and he says something along the lines of, I must be about my father's business. And God's business is doing, if we're, if we're doing God's business, we're doing his will, right? We're aligning ourselves with his will, his good and perfect will. And Jesus always did that. And his main mission was to reconcile us to God, to, so, so, to make peace to be a peacemaker. And that's why peacemaking is God's will for his children, 
not just because we're told to pursue peace with all people, because Jesus set the example for us to follow. As we come to a conclusion, I want to recap that peacemaking is God's family business. Ask yourself, are you in the family business? In order to be a peacemaker, you must embrace the peace of Christ. There's no way to truly be a peacemaker without embracing the peace that that Jesus can offer us. I'm sure everybody's probably seen a temporary tattoo. I used to get them in cereal boxes when I was a kid, right? And you, and you pull off the temporary tattoo, you peel off the plastic layer, you put it, you put it on uh, your skin and you get like a, a rag, a damp, a damp cloth or something. And, and there you go, you've got a temporary tattoo. Lasts for a couple of days, maybe a week if you're lucky, right? And then you've got like permanent tattoos, okay? Um, they last for life. If we're trying to be peacemakers without Jesus, it's a lot like a temporary tattoo. It looks good at first, but it does not last. But if we make peace, if we try to be peacemakers with Jesus in the equation, it's going to be like a permanent tattoo in that it's deeper. The permanent tattoo, it actually goes, it's not on the outer layer of skin like a temporary tattoo. It goes down into a deeper layer and that's why it lasts for life. So when, when you have Jesus beside you in a situation where you're trying to make peace, you can make true peace, lasting peace with that person. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you to ask yourself, is there someone you need to make peace with today? Do you need to make peace with God? Father God, you are the God of peace and you have shown us through what your son Jesus did, what it means to to be a peacemaker. You've showed us that your business is making peace and you want us to live in peace with one another. You want the world to live in peace and your peace. You want us, to, you want us to, to receive the peace that Jesus came to give us, God. Father, I pray, I pray that, that you would help us, that, that you would help those who, who have a, a relationship that um, has just fallen apart with someone. I pray that you would help that person make peace in, in whatever situation it may be, God. I pray that you would help them um, reconcile to that person, God. And I also pray for the person who maybe has not made peace with you, God. I pray that today that, that, that they would recognize that I can't go on like I've been going on. I need, I need the peace of God, the peace that surpasses all understanding. And I pray that, that anyone who, who needs God's peace right now would just open their heart up and say yes to Jesus and just accept his peace, receive the, the, the gift 
of eternal life. Father God, we, we need you. We cannot make peace on our own. We cannot be peacemakers without you. So empower us by your spirit to do your business, to make peace, God, and show us how to be peacemakers. Father, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.